Hey, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron, the online pastor here, and I'm joined today by Nick, who's one of our next-gen pastors, because this is a very special service. That's right. Today, today's Orange Day, a day we celebrate our next-gen ministry and all the kids, students, parents, and volunteers who make up this ministry. The reason we call this Orange Day is because the color orange helps us teach about the strategic partnership that we believe needs to take place between the family and the church to raise up the next generation of Christ followers. And so how we share about it is this, we associate the color red with the family. You know, the family being the heart of the home, and so heart and red. And the color yellow, we associate with the church, the light of the world, the light and yellow. But we need to partner together in this endeavor for the next generation, and we are better together. And so when you mix red and yellow, what do you get? You make, you make orange. And so this day means a lot to us here at New City. That's right. And if you're new here, we wanna let you know about an important area of New City Online that we've developed specifically for kids and students. It's part of our website at newcity.us slash nextgen. It's a landing page where you'll find our next gen distinctives, videos for your kids and students, and resources like conversation guides for you parents to help guide you in those important faith discussions. If you're a parent or you know a parent who could benefit from them, be sure to send them to that website. Yeah, there's tons of great resources there, and our Sunday Experience page is super easy to use. I actually was just interacting with some of our elementary kids, and I overheard them singing a worship song that they, they told me that they learned from one of those worship videos on that page, and so that was so cool to hear. But please know this, we couldn't do any of this without the faithful generosity and offerings of our church family. Listen, when we give financially to support this church, it's not out of guilt or trying to get God to like us more, but it's the impact those God has placed in our midst for Christ and for His glory. And so when you give money to this church, you're playing a part in helping kids, students, whole families, and all those in between come to know the amazing love of God and grow in their faith. And so if you call New City your home, we hope that you'll join us in giving today. You can give easily by going to newcity.us give, but know this, if you're new, please don't feel like you need to give. This service, this time online is a gift to you. So now, let's continue to worship together. Who the sh- 
Father, we rejoice in knowing that you are the God who's with us, who is for us. Lord, in your word, you promise to never leave us or forsake us. So even now in this moment, we pause to reflect on your goodness, on your faithfulness, and your love for us. And as we open your word, would our hearts be open to what your spirit wants to say to us today? And we pray all this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Here at New City, we believe God has called us to partner with parents to raise up the next generation of Christ followers. When the light of the church and the love of the home combine, we see that together we can do so much more than we could do alone. In New City Next Gen, we start with Jesus Christ. We help kids and students to see that through Jesus, they have life, identity, and purpose. They can build their faith and life on Him. We connect kids and students with another person of influence who knows them personally and shows up consistently. Our whole church, from teenagers to senior citizens, can partner with parents to come alongside kids and students in their faith journeys. We're intentional about creating magnetic moments like child dedications, Bible presentations, baptisms, retreats, camps, and more. These moments will remind them of who Jesus is and where He has shown up in their lives. And when our students move on and move out, we send them ready into the next phase to live out their faith as servant leaders bringing gospel renewal to our city and world. When the light of the church and the love of the home come together, something amazing happens and the lives of our kids and students are changed forever. His teenage daughter was headed down the wrong path and he didn't know what to do about it as a father. He had tried everything. She was dating the wrong guys. Uh, she was experimenting with drugs. She was getting in trouble at school. And she'd embraced a, a gothic lifestyle um, that was full of darkness and sadness. And as a dad, he was just exasperated. He didn't know what to do. So he did what many of us as dads do. He yelled at her for her bad choices. Been there, done that. And he forced her to, to go to church. And shockingly, that didn't work. And so in his desperation, he met with a friend and he shared the story about his daughter and the trouble that he was having. And his friend's name was Donald Miller. And he captures this story in his book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. And Don's reply to his friend over a cup of coffee was, I think your daughter is actually looking for a better story. Because the story that you're telling or that you're not telling um, is, is kind of a bad story, a boring story. It's not big enough. It's, it's, it's not bright enough uh, for her life and to call out her heart. And so she's choosing a better story. So the dad was upset about that, as many of us would be. He protested and said, that's not true. She's just making bad choices. But the more he thought about it and the more he prayed about it, the more he thought, you know, I think my friend Don is right. My, my daughter is just choosing a better story, a story that is full of adventure and risk and passion, a story where she is, you know, seen and loved. 
And if he was honest with himself as a dad, he knew he wasn't mapping out that story for his family. He wasn't inviting his daughter into that kind of story. Don continued with his friend over coffee that we're, we're all designed, all of us, each and every one of us, you and me, we're designed to live in a big story. We're designed to live in a story that is full of adventure and risk and, and, and faith. And when we're not a part of that story, uh, we're, we're going to find it on our own. When we're not invited into it, we'll, we'll seek it out maybe in all the wrong ways. And so in, in uh, the daughter's story, uh, it, it was full of, of risk, right? It was full of adventure and passion. Uh, it, it, it was full of, uh, of, of people that saw her and, and, and even valued her. And so uh, he, he, Don continued, this is where he, he, he said, I, I, you know, I, I, I took a risk in sharing this with my friend, but I also said, plus, not only are you not inviting your daughter into a, a, a big story full of adventure and, and, and faith, you're associating the story with God by, by making her come to church. And so not only is she saying, this is kind of a, a boring story that I don't feel invited and wanted and seen in, but I'm, I'm associating that with God who has the biggest of, of all stories. You gotta invite your daughter into a bigger story, Don said. Well, the dad was uh, convicted about that and he took a couple of weeks and thought about it. And he went to his family with a proposal. He found an orphanage in Mexico through his church that needed help. They needed to raise $20,000 to restore the orphanage. And so he called a family meeting with his daughter and his son and his wife and said, hey, I, I wanna invite us into a bigger story, a better story, a, a story of God. And he began to, to lay out if, if the, the orphanage wasn't restored and they needed $20,000 to do it. If the orphanage isn't restored, if we're, if we're not able to do this, he laid out all the different things that could happen to those children by not having a place where they're loved and cared for and seen and, and valued. And so he said, hey, guys, I, 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 we don't have $20,000 as a family, but I want to invite all of us now to consider trying to raise the money and fund this orphanage and Mexico. He pulled out a whiteboard. His, his, can you imagine? He pulled out a whiteboard and started drawing it all out and, and what it was going to take. And his family you know, was, was watching him do this. And finally, his daughter, who was in the family meeting, uh, joined in and said, well, dad, I've got, a, I've got an Instagram account with, with a lot of followers. Could, could that help? The son said, hey, dad, we're going to need to go to this village and, and see the orphanage. And, and see what the real needs are so that we can paint a picture and tell a story to our friends and family to get them to, co to contribute to it. They, they were off and running. They, they joined into the invitation that the, the dad created by telling a bigger story, a story of, of life-changing sacrifice on behalf of other people, a, a story of honoring God through their gifts and their resources and their talents. A story that involved faith, a story that was big and bold. You know, what the dad really did was not only did he invite his family into a bigger, better story, but he made following Jesus and being a Christian big and bold. And you know what happened? Three weeks later, his daughter broke up with her boyfriend. And he didn't tell her to. She did it on her own. 
because she found a better story, a bigger story where she got to participate in it, where she was loved and valued and seen, that, that was high risk, high adventure, where the stakes were really high, where she could serve others and sacrifice. The dad told a better story and the daughter received that and became a part of it. What, what, if, what if we, and when I say we, I mean us as families and as the church, the church family, what if we made following Jesus big and bold? What, what, what if we invited our kids into the story of God, the real story of God that is full of faith and adventure, that's high risk, high stakes, where they're seen, where they're valued, where they're known? You know, someone's going to do that for our kids, by the way. Someone is going to invite our kids into a story that is full of adventure and risk and passion, high risk, high reward, that where they're seen and they're valued and they're known and they're called out to participate and use their God-given gifts in that story. Why can't it be us? Why not us? Why not families? Why not the church partnering together to invite our kids, the next generation, into the bigger story of Jesus? You know, all throughout the Bible, God is busy inviting us into his story. You know, the, the ultimate invitation of God in that story was Jesus. Jesus sent, or God sent Jesus, his only son, to us to reveal his story to us and ultimately to invite us to be a part of it. And so I, I want to tell you one of those stories today about how God is constantly inviting us to join a bigger and better adventure a story that's full of faith and, and risk where God sees us and knows us and use our, uses our gifts for some life-changing, self-sacrificing service to other people. This story is found in Matthew chapter 4. And interestingly, if you've been joining with us here at New City, we've been telling all these stories that Jesus told in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, this one is captured in Matthew chapter 4. And it's the story of Zebedee, a father, interestingly, that invited his boys, invited his sons, into a bigger and better story. And more specifically, he encouraged them and celebrated them as they were invited by Jesus to follow. This is in Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to begin in verse 18 and we'll finish in verse 22. Let me read it to you. While they were walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. When we follow Jesus, Jesus makes us into the people that he wants us to be. Verse 20, immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Now, I really want to concentrate today on verses 21 and 22. And going on from there, he, Jesus, saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Verse 22, immediately, there's the word again, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I, I, I love this passage because to me it highlights on Orange Day, as we're celebrating Orange Day together as a church, this partnership between the family and faith, the church. This, this, this combination of these two influential forces working together to help people be invited and to follow the story of Jesus. 
If you want to see like an illustration of this passage, I would encourage you to go check out The Chosen, the TV series. Uh, You can find it online. It's uh, season one, episode four captures Matthew chapter four. And I love this because it paints the picture of, of who Zebedee was, of who Andrew and Peter and James and John were. They all knew each other. They were fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. And, and being fishermen, it was, it was hard work. They had to work together. And oftentimes, uh, fishermen, it was a family business. So it was passed down from generation to generation, and you needed the whole family on the boat to, to, to work the nets and to, to scrape a living. So Zebedee knew all of these boys. James and John were his biological children, but Peter and Andrew were, were his children as well. They had, they had really grown up together. He had seen these boys grow up. I, I love how uh, Matthew describes it here that, that, Pete, or that James and John are the sons of Zebedee. In other words, their identity, James and John, is, is wrapped up into the identity of their father. And, and that's how it was in first century Judaism, that, that you were known, literally your name was known by your, your father's name. You were a part of, of their story. But here's the thing that's so amazing to me about this passage and about the person of Zebedee that we know they were a Jewish family, and we can tell by this story, we can, we, we can infer that, that Zebedee had told his boys, had been faithful to share a bigger story with his sons. We, we know that he had prayed for them and, and for them to, to meet the Messiah, to know the Messiah at some point in their life, like every good Jew, that the Messiah would come and that they would be able to experience him and see him. And now it's living itself out, those prayers, right in front of Zebedee's eyes. I wonder just really quickly, before we jump into verses 21 and 22 together, I wonder what it is that you pray for your kids, for your grandkids, for kids that are in your life right now. What do you pray for them? What are those prayers that you write down in your Bible or you, um, you, know, you put down on a note card that you're consistently praying for the kids that are in your life? As a parent, as a grandparent, as an aunt, as an uncle, as a family friend, who are you praying for? And more specifically, what is it that you're praying for for the next generation? I, I think we get a glimpse of Zebedee's prayers here, of what he had trusted God for, that his boys could, could maybe meet the Messiah one day in their lifetime. But also, I think he had prepared their hearts for this moment, as we're going to see. Let's catch up with the story here in verse 21. James and John, they're in the boat with their father, right? And what are they doing? What does the passage tell us here in verse 21? They're in the boat with their father. Again, they're identified by Zebedee in his name, and they're, they're mending their nets, which was the most like mundane, menial task for a fisherman. This was the stuff that happened behind the scenes. The fun stuff was going and casting the nets and catching the fish and taking them to market and, and getting the money and providing for your family. But mending the nets was just like the menial thing that you had to do every single day after a day of fishing. That's where we find the story in the ordinary. And here's what I want to highlight is that it's in the context of the ordinary, of ordinary story, of the everyday, the, the carpool lines, doing homework, um, you know, having a meal together, the ordinary, seemingly mundane things that the extraordinary can happen. You know, I, I think Zebedee, again, as a good Jewish father, had prayed for the Messiah, had prayed for his boys to maybe experience the Messiah in their lifetime, and he had opened up his heart in the context of his family for this moment to happen. 
I wonder if that's true for you and your family. Are, are you looking for Jesus to walk by? Because what makes the ordinary moment of mending their nets in the boat with their father extraordinary is the presence of Jesus. And, 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 and in order for us to experience the presence of Jesus fully for who he really is, we have to be preparing our hearts for that and we have to be on the lookout for him. We have to be watching for, for these only God, Jesus moments where he shows up in a powerful way and we're able to, to recognize that. We've learned, Jen and I have learned that it's oftentimes in just the most ordinary of things that our kids will open up and you'll just get this glimpse into their heart and to their soul where you can speak words of life, where you can show them the bigger story of Jesus it's in taking a walk, you know, taking a, a, the dog for a walk. It's in doing homework. It's it's sitting at the, the dinner table, sitting around a fire, just creating these moments, this time with them where you can get a glimpse into their heart, but you can turn their hearts towards the bigger story of God. We, we've, we've probably all heard this adage, but it's worth repeating today that kids spell love. Have you heard this? Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Kids spell love, time. Actually, I don't think it's just kids. I think it's all of us. We spell love, T-I-M-E, the investment of time. And one of the things I just want to highlight from this passage in verse 21 is that Zebedee spent time with his boys. Yes, they were. it was a family business. Of course it was. But they were together. They spent hours and hours and hours together. It's so beautiful to me because, again, I, we, we see the combination of the Messiah, of Jesus, and the family colliding together, this partnership together in this bigger and better story. Just a quick little cross-reference, another story that I think about in the New Testament about this is the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. When the, when the angel comes to her and says, hey, uh, you're highly favored, and, and, and you're being invited into a bigger, better story, the story of God. And she's pondering all these things and trying to make sense of it. And where does she go to, to, to process this, to talk about it, to be understood, to be seen, to be valued, to her relative Elizabeth and Zechariah? And, 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 and what strikes me in that is, you know, what if we could be the people that kids come to, that students come to and say, God's doing this thing in my heart. I just, I just saw Jesus in a way I've never seen him before. God's called me to do this thing, and I want to talk to you about it. Could you pray with me? Could, could I bounce this off of you? What if you were the person that, that kids uh, went to, that students went to, to say, I, this, God's doing this thing in my life, and I just need a safe place to talk about it? What if you could be that family within your broader family? What if you could be that family, that person in your neighborhood, in your apartment complex, in your circle of relationships where people know that when an only God thing happens where you go, man, Jesus just came walking by and invited me into a high-risk adventure of following him, and I got to talk about it. I just, I just need to pray about it. I just, I just need to process that. What if you were that person? It happens with time. It's often in the ordinary that the extraordinary happens. But the story gets even better in verse 22. Not only is it in the, in, in the boat mending their nets, all of these prayers for, for seemingly probably years, an investment of love culminates in this moment of James and John being called to follow the Messiah. But look at verse 22 with me. What happens? After Jesus calls them, immediately, and circle that word maybe in your Bible, underline on your phone, Immediately they left the boat and what? And their father. And they followed him. They left the boat. They left their father. 
and they follow Jesus. The word immediately sticks out to me because I think actually immediacy, the, the, the ability to follow Jesus in that moment when you see him walking by and recognize him and, and choosing that bigger, better story is actually cultivated with a lot of spiritual preparation and prayer. You think about it, if somebody today were to say, hey, uh, come with me and, 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 and do this thing with me, or hey, come on this trip with me, or I, I need your help, would you come and, and do that? You would probably think, well, I got to pack, and I got to make sure my shift is covered at work, and I, I've got to prepare for that. And, and, and what I want to highlight here is I think there were actually years of preparation that went into this moment, that Zebedee and his wife and his family and that community had prayed for those boys. They had cultivated for this moment that when Jesus walks by, they can immediately follow after him. And, and if you're struggling right now, which, which who hasn't, by the way, with what is, what is God's will for me? Like, like, what is the bigger, better story that God's calling me to? We, we get a bit of an insight into what that is. I want you to look at it here with me in Matthew 4, 22. First of all, like there's an immediacy of when Jesus calls, reveals himself, he, he calls us to, to do, I think, two things that are highlighted right here. The first is they left something. They, they left something physical here. They left the boat, the location, the, 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 the livelihood, their job. They, they left something. But, but, but maybe even more importantly, they, they went to something, or specifically here, to someone. Oftentimes, God's will is about leaving and about going. It's about to, to say it another way, and, and, uh, or it's about from and to. What is God calling me from? What is God calling me to? And for some of you right now, just, just really quickly, you might have more clarity about what God is calling you like to leave. Um, but maybe you don't have as much clarity about what exactly he's calling you to. And, and, and my encouragement just from this passage is whatever the, 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 the God might be calling you to leave and to, and, and to go towards, it's always going to take you closer to his heart. It's always going to take you closer to the, the, the bigger story that God is telling to all of humanity in relationship with him and calling other people into relationship with him. And when you're in a place where it's like, it's clear that you know, God's calling me to, um, from something, but I'm not sure what it's to, to wait, to wait on him and to seek you know, him walking by and revealing to you what it is that he's calling you to in your life. James and John left the boat, but they also left their father. And here's what we don't see in the scripture, by the way, just real quickly. We don't see Zebedee saying, boy, man, you guys are leaving me with so much work. Who, 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 who's going to provide for our family? I, I've trained you on this boat to, to mend nets and to fish with me. I've spent all this time. I've invested my whole life in you guys, and you guys are just throwing it away. We don't see guilt. We don't see shame. We don't see Zebedee trying to follow himself and make it about him or his story. We see this beautiful thing happened where Zebedee, I think in his heart and mind goes, man, I've, I've, I've done my job. I've shepherded my boys to this place where they can see Jesus for themselves, this, the, the Messiah, and they're running after him. And they're celebrating. You know, it's in, in, in the, the scene that I referenced before in The Chosen, uh, James and John say, dad, what, what, what are you going to tell mom? And he says, hey, the Messiah just called you to follow him and you're worried about missing supper? 
Your story is so much bigger now. God's calling you to this adventure. And we see Zebedee celebrating them, not pulling them back, but saying, go and follow Jesus. And don't we all want to do that? As families, as the church family together, with our, as spiritual fathers and mothers, don't we want to do that for all the next generation, that when they see Jesus walking by, that they've heard stories about the Messiah, they've heard stories about Jesus, we've prayed for them, and when they see Jesus, we celebrate them and we push them towards Jesus. I just wonder if there was a conversation that happened. It's not recorded in the scripture, but I wonder if there was a conversation that happened between Zebedee and Jesus. Think about that. As Zebedee has raised his boys and now this moment where they're, they're not, their identity is not in Zebedee anymore. They're not following Zebedee and, and his livelihood as a fisherman and his lifestyle. Now they're going to follow Jesus. I just wonder if there was a, a moment of conversation or an unspoken moment where their eyes locked, uh, Jesus and Zebedee, and there was a, this spiritual handoff, this sacred moment of handing my kids to you, Jesus. And that's what God calls each of us to do. As, as, as parents, as spiritual parents, to, to hand off the next generation to Jesus to go and to follow him. And this, this bigger story that God calls each of them to. We know the way that this story, James and John, Peter and Andrew, where that story goes and all the adventures. We know specifically that, that James and John and Peter, these, these friends that grew up fishing together on the Sea of Galilee, they became Jesus's inner circle, his closest friends. We know that James became the very first apostle, the very first disciple that was martyred for his faith, was killed for his faith. And even though that's tragic, he found a story worth dying for. He found a story that he was willing to give his life for. We, we know that John, his brother, grew up to be an old man. And he was exiled on an island. And that God revealed to him a story. A future story. That God gave him words that are recorded in the book of Revelation for us about what's to come where Jesus the Messiah, the one that calls us into the bigger, better story, will reign forever. Wow. Don Miller says that the chief role of Christians, the chief role of Christ followers, is to tell a better story. The chief role of Christ followers, of, of the church, is to, to live a better story. A story of faith and sacrifice of love and adventure. And what if, what if the, the church and the family told that story together? What if we really believe that it is God's will, it's his perfect will for us as, as families and as the family of God to live a better story, to tell a better story? So that, so that when our kids see Jesus walking by, They follow him. To Christ be the glory. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for calling us into your story. Thank you for coming to earth to reveal yourself and your story to us. And we pray right now 
that we would embrace the story that you have for us. That we would leave our own stories and follow your bigger story. That we would tell a better story by the way that we live. And we pray for the next generation that they would do the same, that they would see that story, they would feel that story, they would experience that story, and they would follow after you for your glory and for your kingdom. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for worshiping with us today. And hey, as part of Orange Day each year, we take a few moments to honor our new city seniors. So stick around following the service for that time. And if you would, no matter where you are right now, extend your hands for a benediction as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Have a great week, new city.